In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. That's right. It is In the Lab time. Drew Doherty, my good pal John Harris. And John, we're not going to really talk anything about the Texans today because... Okay. As you know, Mike Leach has passed. And if you've listened to this podcast, Mike Leach has sometimes been like a third character, <laughs> uh, a third member of the show, even though he's never actually been on, never was actually on, uh, but he died. And it's uh, it's really hard. It's tough. I spent a lot of time out there in Lubbock, Texas from 2005 to 2009, and uh, I have a zillion stories of wrote about it on my Instagram, and I hate to be that guy. It's like I wrote about it on my Instagram because I rarely do, you know, I I really po- po- rarely post stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, I mean, he he's – I don't know that I'd be sitting in this chair were it not for, for Mike Leach, being around him and seeing him on a daily basis. I got better as an interviewer, uh, better as, a, I, th- I think, a media person. Yeah. And then he was one of my three references for this job. Really? And he said – some very nice things for me. My my first boss here with the Texans, a guy, good friend, Nick Shank. Mm-hmm. I had, a, had the interview with him in early August of 09, and as I was finishing, it went well. And as it was finishing, Nick said, hey, uh, Mike Leach is your third reference. Is this real? I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. And I just said, give him a call. And I didn't, I didn't know exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. Leach would say, yeah. but, you know, he had said, hey, if I can help you, just let me know. So I literally took him up on right, it. Right, right. And Shank later that afternoon called him at 3:27 p.m. It's August, so Tech, every other college football team, every other right. NFL team, high school team, they're going through two days, mm-hmm. or they're going through practices, or yep. their their fall camp. And you're trying to get a job. I'm just trying to get a job, man. I'd been out of work for about five, six days, yeah. so that was it. Was still fresh, but right. it was you know you're looking for stuff. Sure. He says Leach picked up at 3:27. Explained who he was, and Leach said, "Yep, happy to talk, but I got to go to practice in three minutes, so we got to make it quick." <laughs> well, three fifty-two comes, and Nick says, "Uh, coach, I think I've got enough. I really appreciate it." And Leach said, "Yep, okay, thanks a lot, bye," and just <laughs> hung up. But <laughs> he said some nice things on my behalf, and you know, I sent him a thank you letter. Obviously, yeah, yeah. saw him through the years. Saw him in Mobile one time at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Between, he was in between jobs. Uh, saw him at the draft last spring. But when they played here, when Washington State played here, so he's been at Mississippi State yeah. for years, but he was at Washington State before that, they played U of H to start the 2019 season. Correct, yeah. And our good buddy Brian Peden, who works up mm-hmm. in, in sales, he always rides with one of the coaches from the hotel to the game in case the coach has – a question about Houston, about the stadium, anything. Sure. Brian can kind of help him out. And Brian's a good, strong Red Raider. So he rode with Leach. And when I found that out, I said, Brian, I'm going to give you a letter. Can you please give it to Leach? He said, sure, no problem. So I wrote a thank you letter, kind of updating Coach, because I didn't talk to him all the time, but just said, right. hey, man, you know, I've got four kids. I'm married. I now have five kids. I'm married. It's a great life. Got a dream job. You really helped me out with that, and I just want you to know how appreciative I am. Yeah. So I saw him at the game as they're walking in. I shook his hand. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, good to see you. And that was a Saturday. Uh, m- Sunday comes, and it's Texans-Jaguars. Mm-hmm. His old quarterback, Gardner Minshew, darn near led oh, the Jaguars gosh. to a little bit of an upset win. 
And then Monday, I'm standing next to you in your office. We're talking about 3.30 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. funny enough. And my phone buzzes, and I, I look at it, and you were in the middle of some story, and I just show you who it is, and you just start laughing. <laughs> and I picked up. Yeah. I went next door. I talked to Leach for just about an hour. It was awesome. Wow. It, was, it was a good, like, good conversation. So needless to say, I have six zillion Mike Leach stories, and I know you do, too. You interviewed him over the years, John. Yeah, we interviewed him over the years. The first year that we had a chance to interview him was the, the magical year of 2008. You know, for Texas Tech fans that go back that far, 2008 was a magical, yes, magical was. year. I mean, you know, Harold a Crabtree to beat Texas was, I mean, it's a memory that, that Texas Tech fans are going to have for, for eons. And, and Leach was the architect of, of, of all of that. And it was, it was such a great year, obviously, minus one trip to Norman. Mm-hmm. So we had an opportunity with the Bear Bryant Awards to be able to interview Mike, that, that was a rock star year because we got all three coaches from the Big 12, Bob Stoops, Mac Brown, and we got Mike Leach. And so Because they finished that year, that regular season, they finished in a three-way tie. Right, they finished a three-way tie, and they all beat each other. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up that Oklahoma got – no. Yeah, Oklahoma ended up, I guess – just because of rankings, winning the I believe. South, it was, they were yeah. the highest ranked team. I guess they won the they won the South, and I can't remember who they beat in the North. But then they went on to play for a national championship um, against University of Florida, Tim Tebow team. They were not going to beat. But and just one little interruption there. So because of that three way tie, Leach, you know, the day after that that came out that they're all tied, Leach said, "Well, I've got an easy tiebreaker. Why don't we? If we're such such a big proponent of being, you know, supportive of student athletes, why don't we just go by the highest team GPA?" Well, we have the highest team GPA. <laughs> Go back. Go so ahead. <laughs> we get to the event, and it was also uh, Barry Switzer Lifetime Achievement Award night. So Stoops was there, and so we had all these great guests. We actually that was the first night that we met Jim Ross, and so that started a friendship um, between Jim Ross and Shawnee and I. And so we interview all these coaches, and so the one that we really were excited about interviewing was Mike Leach. And we had seen an interview that you did. We didn't know you at the time, but we see, we saw an interview that you did, and we just we, we cackled at it. We loved it. I mean, that was kind of our show. I mean, we were always kind of looking for the, the, the left dating of advice one? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the dating advice. And we had we had a field that we probably got two segments out of that. And I, at the time, I didn't realize it was you until I met you. I'm like, oh, my God, that was you. <laughs> Anyways, so he sits down, and he was the type of guy that – he was it was a, a little bit intimidating because he was so forthcoming with his time but yet when you would first kind of meet him you're like whoa does he really want to be here is he and he sat down it could not have been more awesome i mean he was just he he, he had a tie on and i'm telling you the tie went halfway down his chest yeah it didn't go like a normal tie does down to your belt. It went like halfway down his chest. And I'll never forget seeing that. And I just cackled. And, and I said to him, you know, Coach, I know, um, I know a good friend of yours, a guy you coached with for a long time at Valdosta State. He's a good friend of mine, Brady Ackerman. Oh, how's good old Brady doing? I mean, you can do it better than me. How's Brady doing? I said, well, you know, he's in Florida. And I said, he got into, you know, media, and yeah, yeah, he's, and he just kind of went on for five minutes or so uh-huh. about Brady, and, and um, I just, and that was really kind of my first introduction to him, because when I was in Jacksonville, 
my third year, I was in Jacksonville. I moved over to a school called Bishop Kenny for a year, and they had just hired a guy named Brady Ackman. And Brady had been at Valdosta State. That's where he had come from. And that coaching staff was Hal Mummy. The head coach. Was yeah. the head coach, and he eventually would go to Kentucky. The offensive coordinator was Mike Leach. The offensive line coach was Guy Morris, yep. who had played in the league and then was head coach at Baylor and Kentucky. The wider series coach was a guy named Dana Holgerson, yeah. who ended up being pretty good. And the running backs coach and recruit coordinator was my buddy Brady Ackerman. And that was at a Division II school at Valdosta State. And they put in the air raid there, and they threw it around. And the irony was they had a running back that also ran for over 1,000 yards. And my buddy Brady, I was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, we run an air raid, but we ran for 1,000 yards too. So Brady was – he was awesome. He's a great friend of mine, um, and he's coached at different places and done media. Um, he was the Florida Gator sideline reporter for a while. So he had a successful career, but I used to always say, hey, man – these guys did well. What'd you do? I was messing with, them with that. And so so Leach was always poking at he was always kind of poking too. But I I just love the fact with Coach Leach that I don't know that, you know, all coaches kind of come out of, you know, the cookie cutter coach factory. But I do know he didn't come out of any normal factory. And he was a rugby player at BYU. He didn't play football. He learned the game. And he was always one of those guys that, you know, when you hear people say, oh, well, he didn't play the game, he didn't know anything, I'm like, uh, that guy seems to know a whole hell of a lot about yeah. football and everything else. It's funny you say, you know, most coaches come from a – or not – coaches come from like a cookie-cutter factor, and there are many cookie-cutters. Well, Leach parachuted in from the, the Kiwi farm. Yeah, you know, exactly. he was, from he was totally different. Yeah, Right, and, and for him to – he was – I don't know – I never had a chance to talk to him about did he ever feel insecure about the fact that he didn't play the game and now he's coaching the game. He, he never struck me that way. He struck me as a guy that did what he did and they did that air raid, yet they would make subtle adjustments. They would make changes. You know, there's one year at Texas Tech, I remember seeing them. They had these massive, massive splits in their offensive line. Mm -hmm. A split is the distance between one offensive lineman to the next. And so you can have narrow splits, you get wide. These guys were extra three times as wide splits. And then a couple of years later, you'd see them narrow the splits down, and they were doing some some different stuff. He was always unique, but the one thing, and as a you know a former play caller, I always always am curious how coaches where are their plays? Do they do they have them on a you know this big you know Gary Kubiak IHOP menu card? Do they put them on a like I put mine on a Manila folder? Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was good enough, just front and back. I got to a point where I cut it down. I used to have both sides, like all four sides of the folder. Feeling right. like I can't, it can't do that. Mike Leach would have that little piece of paper. It was like like a notepad. It was like a notepad. It was like not even. It was like a like three notepad. inches tall, three inches long. Yeah, if that. Mm -hmm. And then you could just see him writing those notes, and he, on that piece of paper. Well, he had about nine. They'd go into a game with essentially yeah. nine plays. Now right. they'd run them out of, you know, X. Right. number of formations exactly. so really it was it was like you know three thousand plays but right. essentially it was nine plays and it was just on a piece of paper and he didn't have a playbook he did not have a playbook because yeah. his theory was if you give them a playbook it's just something that they won't look at and they'll forget right so he kept it very very simple in that regard and you know you talk about how he he didn't play the game and he was fueled and powered by an inquisitiveness that I think 
all coaches sort of respected because right. he would go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, when he was at Iowa Wesleyan, right. and ask to sit in on whoever the head coach was back then. I don't, I, maybe it was Holmgren. It might have been something Holmgren. else. I can't remember when exactly that lines up when he was, but he'd go up there and he just wanted want to hang around. Right. He went to Finland and coached in Finland because he just yep. wanted the opportunity to coach. You know, th- as time passes, a lot of these younger folks don't know as much about him. He's got a law degree from, yeah, had a law exactly. degree from Pepperdine, exactly. and he just didn't want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So he was just such a fascinating, fascinating guy. I mean, he was an Eagle Scout. I remember going one morning when I was in Lubbock in the summertime. There was a breakfast for you know, a bunch of kids who had just gotten Eagle Scout. Yeah. And he was in there with about 30 people, the Eagle Scouts and their dads. And he was talking about his days growing up in the the Northwest. His dad was a, I think, a forest ranger. Yeah. They lived in Cody, Wyoming. They lived in some other spots near Reno, and uh, just telling funny stories about growing up, having a tent with his dog that yep. used to pee on the tent, and yeah, it, he was great. It, it, I remember one of the f- the first times I interviewed him. It was after a game, and he looks down at my shoes. And back in like the mid aughts, you know they had those Steve Madden shoes that sort yeah. of looked like bowling shoes that were dressed up. Yep, yep. And you Is could kind of wear sporting? them. Yeah, you kind of wear them to something semi dressy. You could kind of wear them casually. And he looks down. And he's he's just with disdain, and he goes, "You know, you're not really fooling anybody with that. You're trying to be sporty. You're trying to be casual, but you're actually being neither." <laughs> And so that was on a Saturday night, and then on Monday, one of the equipment guys kind of called me over. He's like, hey, coach wanted you to have these. And it was just some, like, New Balance running shoes <laughs> just, like to have the <laughs> – so, yeah, he, he was always up to something, and he was always noticing the weirdest stuff. Yeah. You know, Vita, I started dating my wife in 08 before that great season. Yeah. And she came to a few games, and so she was waiting after a game as I'm interviewing Leach – and he's like gesturing around, and she's like, "What? Well, he's was he mad at you?" I'm like, no, he wasn't mad at me. He never got mad at any anybody around, right. you know, like the organization. I was like, he was just telling me a story about his acupuncture. So he had just started acupuncture, and <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, you uh, should do it at at bare minimum. If you don't get anything out of it, it just feels like a massage, but it's actually helped me with this and this and that." Oh wow! Like he was going yeah. on and on about acupuncture. So, so a buddy of Mike mine, Leach. my buddy, uh, buddy of mine, Cole Kublik, who I've gotten a to know over mm-hmm. the years he's sideline reporter for for sec network he should be an analyst he's fantastic well cole had played center uh at auburn in the late 1990s uh early 2000 i think he maybe bled into the year 2000 maybe and he tweeted this about i don't know early this morning he said coach leets fine so they were doing tom hart and aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers, uh jordan rogers and cole are doing the Auburn Mississippi State game mm-hmm. and it was after Brian Harson had been fired so Cadillac Williams former Auburn running back had um, gotten the interim head coaching job and so he tweets coach Leach finds me before the Auburn Mississippi State game first game for Carnell Williams as head coach he says hey you played at Auburn right I responded yes sir he says can you introduce me to Caddy he's got enough bleep going on and I'd like to try and make this handshake as easy as possible and so Cole brought him over and introduced him. And I'm just like, it's things like that. You you just, yeah. you realize he was a unique dude in a business that probably needs a little bit more uniqueness. Yeah. 
because I think when I think about the coaching world, I think there's so much. I mean, you just think about, you know, what's going on, you know, when a team is not as successful. Well, why don't you do it like them? Well, why don't you do it like them? But Mike Leach, it was never that. He had earned a respect amongst college football, amongst fans, amongst followers, that he just did it his way. He mm -hmm. did it differently. And you weren't going to say, well, why don't you run two backs? You know, or why don't you go in the I formation? It was, no, Mike Leach did it the way they did it. Um, they ran air raid. That's what they did. And if they were going to adjust, they were going to adjust the way he wanted to. And damn what people thought about it. Don't worry about it. I think the thing that, that will uh, not haunt me, but he loved Key West. Mm -hmm. He loved, yeah, he lived there, loved had a house Key there, West. Yeah. In between Washington State, was it Washington it's State? Tech and Washington State. Tech and Washington State. He went, I think he coached at Key West High School. He, yeah, he In out. fact, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly, if I remember, my math is correct on this. The year that Brady came to um, to Bishop Kenny, where I was in Jacksonville, Leach had applied for the Key West High School coaching job because that's where he wanted to coach. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he pulled his name out or they turned him down. I, the, the story I remember was that they turned him down because I remember thinking, you idiots. But they turned him down because he always wanted to be in Key West. And at that point, he ended up getting – uh, going with Mummy to Kentucky, and then he went from Kentucky to uh, Oklahoma for a year, and then he went from there to Texas Tech. Bruce Feldman did an incredible article on him on The Athletic. I mean, just unbelievable. The first year and what coaches and players he had and what those players turned into. I think Cliff Kingsbury was on that roster mm -hmm. when he got there. I think and I think Wes was later. But they no, – well, was yeah. Wes on that? I know Wes, Wes Walker was actually – wasn't he recruited by Leach? Yeah, so – Kingsbury was a Spike Dykes guy and right. played the, the last Spike Dykes year. And then 2000 was Leach's first year out there. He, he had a guy named Tommy McVeigh who was his kind of his chief of staff. Right. And Tommy just passed in the last few years. And to, they, they had, I guess, let's say it was 25. It could have been 30. It could have been 20. But let's say they had 25 scholarships. And I think going into National Signing Day – one guy switched. So they had 24 on National Signing Day. They had right. an extra spot. And Wel Welker hadn't signed with anybody. And McVeigh had coached in Kansas and had coached high school in, in, uh, in Oklahoma. Right. And he had a buddy that kept saying, hey, you got to check out this Welker kid. So he looked at the tape, and uh, he played everything. And he also yeah. kicked. Kicked, yeah. And I think Tech was iffy on their kickers. And McVeigh said, Mike, just at, at, at base level, this guy could kick first. But I think he can actually play. So they had Welker come in the next weekend after National Signing Day with his parents. And, like, they showed him around, and Leach was just amazed at how small he was. Yeah. But ultimately, he was like, I don't know, Tommy. And Tommy was like, hey, he can kick. At least we can get a kicker out of it. So they get him. He comes to campus for summer ball. Maybe it was June, like the pre-summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of that, yeah. Kingsbury comes in after that first practice, and they ask. Leach is like, what did you think about that Welker guy? And allegedly, King, Kingsbury said, well, he's the best player on the field. <laughs> and he wound up being the best yeah, player on did. the field. I mean, he, he played did. everything for him. Wow. He, he was a receiver. He would run the ball. He'd throw passes. He, when he left Texas Tech, nobody had run for, had taken more punts back for a scorer than Wes Welker. He was a demon on coverage. He was just amazing. And, you know, Mike Leach was one of the guys that helped, helped get him there and, and, and do that. And, yeah. He, uh, he, he was part of something special. There were some amazing, amazing teams out there 
None better than that 08 team. That 08 team. Many man. were many were very colorful. So. That was a romantic team, to say the least, my man. No doubt. Yeah, no they, doubt. you were very lucky to have covered him and covered that team, man. That was fun. Yep, so rest in peace, Mike Leach. Miss you. It was a, a fun four years out there. And, you know, I probably wouldn't be sitting here, like I said, at the top of this podcast were it not for Mike Leach. And, you know, he's going to be missed. And I feel for his wife, Sharon, and their kids and I believe they have some grandkids now too. So, uh, thoughts with the uh, the leeches. <laughs>